Hello, friends. I thank the Lord for the opportunity to be with you today. We praise the Lord for each and every one of you, and it is my prayer that someone will be lifted and encouraged in our time together today. Now, with that in mind, I'd like to read Ephesians 3 and 20, which reads, Now to him who was able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Now, anyone that has gone to church for any period of time has heard this verse before. When we were able to gather together in church, we would sometimes hear it as a benediction said before leaving service. We would usually miss it because our minds were probably on what we were going to be doing after service. I mean, there could have been someone that seemed to be half sleep during the entire service. But as soon as they hear that verse, energy and life seems to come from out of nowhere. And that same person that was sleeping through service is now full of energy and conversation talking about where they're going to eat and what they're about to do after church. I can't wait until we can get together again. But when I would hear that verse as a little boy fidgeting in service, the miraculous nature of it would fly right by me. Now unto him who was able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Such a small but powerful and life-changing statement. It was meant by Apostle Paul as a goodbye salutation to the church in Ephesus after admonishing and encouraging them. Now unto him who was able to do exceedingly. Now to exceed means to be greater in number or size than. Abundantly. The word abundant means existing or available in large quantities. Plentiful above all that we ask or think. That means no matter what you can ask God for or what you can think or what you can imagine, God is able to do over and beyond what we could ask, think, or imagine for our lives according to the power that works in us. More on that later. And there it is in black and white, right there in God's word. God is able to do more than we could ask or think. But why does it seem that so many of us are not even receiving what we can ask or think for ourselves? Why do we seem at times to not be living the best lives that we know God has in store for us? We believe that God can do anything, the impossible, but we wonder for the most part, if that applies to our lives. Now you might think it kind of strange, but it makes me think of three animals, ranging from one of the largest animals in the world down to one of the smallest animals. First, it makes me think of the elephant. Our bishop, and I give honor to him on today, but our bishop spoke to us about the elephant. He said that the way to get elephants to stay chained is to get them when they are very young, and they have to be very young to do this, and to tie them to a rope staked in the ground. No matter how much that baby elephant struggles to break the rope and get away from it, 
It cannot because at that period in its life, it is too small and too weak to break that rope. As it grows, the trainer then substitute the rope for a chain. And even when it grows to adulthood and has grown to the size that it could easily break the chain, it will not attempt to do so because in its mind, it can't break the chain. Male elephants weigh up to 14,000 pounds. It could break the chain without even thinking about it, but it never does because it does not think it can. I'm sure you know that wild horses need to be tamed in order for them to be ridden. There are a lot of different methods used to break the will of a horse, but the most well-known method is to tie up the wild horse with a halter and a heavy sack that simulates a rider. For a couple days, the horse will try to free itself from the load until it accepts that it cannot break free. At this point, a person can get on the horse's back and ride it. From this very moment on, the horse accepts the fact that it is limited and that it can't get rid of the person on its back. It is then able to be trained and ridden. Next, we have the tiny flea, I guess which would be considered an insect. But anyone that has ever had a pet dog or a cat knows about fleas. Fleas are tiny, flat, wingless, parasitic insects that have a knack for jumping away before you can actually catch them. Their bodies are covered with these hard plates, so if you do catch one, even squashing it can be a challenge. Their hard outer shell protects them from everything from an animal's teeth to hitting the floor after a long jump. Now about jumping. It has been said that fleas can make leaps up to 13 inches, about 200 times the length of their own bodies. Now, if I was a flea at 6'2", I would be able to jump up to 900 feet in the air. Now, the steeple on the Cathedral of West Angeles is only about 90 feet or so. Now, back in the late 1800s, flea circuses used to be very popular. But with such small insects that could jump so high, one would wonder how they kept the little critters from escaping. Flea trainers of this time observed a very strange habit of the fleas while training them. Fleas are trained by putting them in a cardboard box with a top on it, maybe about seven or eight inches. Now, the flea who can jump 13 inches high will jump up and hit the bottom of the cardboard box over and over and over again. As you watch them jump and hit the lid, something very odd happens. The fleas continue to jump, but they are soon no longer jumping high enough to hit the top of the box. Apparently, the pain of slamming their head against the lid of the box forces them to limit the height of their jump. When you take off the lid, the fleas continue to jump, but they will not jump out of the box. They won't jump out because they can't jump out. Why? The reason is simple. 
They have conditioned themselves to jump just so high. And once they've conditioned themselves to jump just so high, that's all they can do. Many of us in our own lives behave like that elephant, the horse, and the flea in these situations. We begin to believe in our limits so strongly that we will not attempt to break free because of our past experiences when we were not able to do so. We refuse to jump as high. We refuse to try and break free of life's limitations. We have been given by God incredible strength, creativity, and gifts that can make the world a better place and advance the kingdom of the Lord. In a spiritual sense, we can jump 900 feet in the air. We can be swift as horses, but we let our perceived limitations stop us from being who God made us to be and keep us from living our best life and living life more abundantly. It is as if life and the world have found a way to place an invisible lid and limit on how high we can soar. And like that flea that can jump almost 200 times its height, we stop trying to jump because the last time we tried, we got so hurt, so broken, that we believe that there's nothing we can do. We think things like, that's just the way things are, or it's become such a part of my identity that it's too hard to change now. The first thing we need to do is realize that what is often seen as just the way things are is, in reality, just what is called something called a collective assumption. A bunch of people that tried and failed spread the bad report, and now mostly everybody believes that it can't be done. And because it's an assumption, that means that we have all decided to agree to make that assumption as well. On some conscious or unconscious level, it becomes our truth. It becomes for us the box top that later becomes the invisible ceiling that keeps us from being able to jump as high as we could. For example, at one time, it was accepted and believed that it was impossible for a human to run 100 yards in under 10 seconds. However, since Jim Hines proved that it could be done on October 14, 1968, more than 105 people have run 100 meters in under 10 seconds. All the world needed was to see someone break beyond the limit of that collective assumption. But how do we get these limitations? Where do they come from? The box top comes in a couple forms. It comes in the form of our perceived weaknesses about ourselves. They also come in the forms of our perceived and previous mistakes, our present circumstances. They come in the form of our fears, our backgrounds, our past failures and rejections. The box tops comes in the forms of what people have said about you, things that have hurt you. And like that flea that has been closed in a box, that horse that had been broken, or that elephant that has been trained, we start to accept these limitations as truth. Ask yourself, 
What have you accepted as true for your life? My friends, our great struggle is to not let what we see as our limitations stop us from being who God has made us to be. I don't want to one day look back and look up and see that I could have done so much more in my life, but I didn't do it because I did not think that I could do it. They tried to limit Jesus. It was widely believed in that time that a person would never rise above the profession of their father. If your father was a fisherman, guess what? You were going to be a fisherman. If your father was a ditch digger, you were going to be a ditch digger. You were never going to go any further. That's why when some people from his hometown saw Jesus ministering, they said, isn't that the son of Joseph, the carpenter? Someone else said, can anything good come out of Bethlehem? You see, they tried to limit Jesus. They tried to limit him because of what his earthly father did for a living. They tried to put a box top over him because of where he was from. But this carpenter's son from Bethlehem changed the world and redeemed all of mankind while never ministering outside of Israel. Now he has a name above every name and every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. On that, somebody needs to give the Lord some praise on today. Hallelujah. Now, my family, we can do great exploits for the kingdom of the Lord beyond our limitations when we follow the formula. Be strong and courageous. Meditate on the word and put our lives in Jesus's hands. This is an invitation for us to take the limits off of our thoughts. In Mark 9 and 23, it says, Jesus said unto him, if thou can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Now, this is where according to the power that works in us comes into play. Since we are made in God's image, we have the ability to think, to conceive, to imagine. The one thing that God has made himself subject to in our lives is our will. God will agree with whatever we say about ourselves. If we say certain things about ourselves, God will agree. It's the truth behind the scriptures that say that the power of life and death is in the tongue. That whatever a man thinks in his heart, so is he. A poem by Walter D. Wintle reads, If you think you are beaten, then you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you want to win but think you can't, it's certain that you won't. If you think you'll lose, you've lost. For out in the world, we find success begins with a person's will. It's all in the state of the mind. Life's battles don't always go to the stronger and the faster, but sooner or later, the one who wins is the one who thinks he can. That's why Jesus would even sometimes ask someone before he healed them, do you believe that you can be healed? 
We have to remember that a quarter can block out the sun. The sun is 865,370 miles in diameter compared to a quarter, which is not even an inch wide. But if you hold a quarter close enough to your eye, it will block out the sun. God, his power, his plan, and his purpose are as the sun. Your problems and limitations are as this quarter. But if you hold them close enough, they will keep you from seeing everything. This shows that a person is always limited by their thoughts. If a person will not believe a thing is possible, it means they can't do it or attain it. If you will not believe you will be healed, then it doesn't matter who prays for you. You won't be healed. If you don't believe the money you are looking for will come by God's intervention, it won't come. If you do not believe that the project you are handling will be completed according to the original plan, simply because there is a shortage of funds, it will be as you think. If you do not believe you can come out of lack and poverty, you will remain in a condition of lack and poverty. If you do not believe that you can forgive the one who has hurt you and move on with your life, you will continue to be tormented by that experience. It will be like a glass ceiling that keeps you from moving higher. If you don't believe that you can overcome depression and enjoy your life, you will remain depressed all of your life. The truth is, my friends, is that we are all limited by our thoughts and belief. Your thoughts limit the resources that will be made available to you. Your thoughts limit the grace of God in your life. Your thoughts limit what the anointing of God can do in your life, no matter who ministers to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your thoughts limit what God can do for you or with you. God responds to our thoughts, and he judges us by what he finds us thinking. That's why it is so important that we have our minds renewed daily through the word of God and believe what it says and teaches. I've said it before. It's the thought that counts. Your thoughts prove faith or unbelief, and God responds only to your faith. If your thoughts are positive, God will definitely bless and keep his promises in your life. God wants us to dream big. We're supposed to walk around with a can-do type of attitude. That's why the Lord, the word says, according to the power that works in you, because you can stop it from working. That is why the word is full of the promises of God to us. We have to do more than just believe. We have to know. Let me explain the difference between believing and knowing. When it comes to the power that works in us, it's all about knowing. When it comes to faith, even the word believe can be tricky sometimes because it denotes that you don't know for certain regarding the thing that you believe in. It's as if it may or may not exist, but you're choosing to believe that it exists. 
but I'm talking about accepting the fact of its existence. Some of us have said that they don't have as much faith as they would like to have, but that's not true. You have all the faith that you need. When you sat down on your bed or your couch this morning, you didn't look at it and wonder if it was going to hold you up. You just sat down. You had so much faith in whatever you're sitting on that you sat down without even thinking about it. You flick the light switch on in your house or your apartment and you just know that the lights are going to come on. You don't even think or worry about it. Well, if you haven't paid your light bill, you might be a little concerned, but I don't believe that the ground is going to hold me up when I stand on it. I just stand on it. It's a fact of existence in the classical proof of a thing criterion. I don't have to believe in the ground in order for me to feel the effects of it if I jump off of a top, top of a tall building. It simply is. I'm not talking about believing it as much as I'm talking about simply accepting God's word about you as a fact of reality and walking on it as you would walk on the ground without pondering its existence. For you to limit yourself to say, I can never do this or never do that, is to limit God. It means that we don't believe that he could ever do anything great with our lives. You will believe that he could create this whole universe, this earth, the sky, the oceans, and all of the creatures, even us ourselves. And you like to say that you believe that he created all of this, but you don't believe that he could put greatness inside of you, that he could really use you. What you're saying is that you have more faith in the chair that you're sitting on than you have in God's purpose and ability to create in you something spectacular. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. It is not our strength that is doing it. It is the strength of God, the one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. It's why we have to be reminded that whatever God starts in us, oh, he's going to finish. Before you look at your own thoughts or feelings on a matter, you need to know what God has to say about you and your circumstances. Before you start limiting yourself by thinking that God is trying to punish you for what you've done, you need to remember Jeremiah 29 and 11, which says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now, I know that there is someone out there that is ready to take the limits off God, to take the limits off of their life. And if you're ready to start living the life that God has for you to live, a life of victory, a life of purpose, then say this prayer with me. Dear precious Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son to die for my sins. I am ready to live the life and the purpose that you have for me. I am ready to take the limits off that life has put on me, and I am ready to be everything that you would have me to be. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. 
I believe that he came and died on the cross for my sins. I believe that he rose again on the third day. I ask that he forgives me for the wrong that I have been. Forgive me for the wrong that I have done. I ask him to come into my heart right now and I will live the rest of my life for him in his victory, in his grace, and in his power. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. My brother, my sister, if you prayed that prayer with me and meant it from the bottom of your heart, I can now say welcome to the kingdom of God. We love you and we thank you so much for being with us. And I pray to the Lord with you that you are now saved. We ask that you would join a Bible-believing church wherever you may be and in your area. And, but if you're in this area, we think that West Angeles is a beautiful church and we would be a better church if you were to be a part of the West Angeles family. God bless you and we love you. <laughs>